believe it or not, finding someone in the music business that is genuinely passionate about artists and supportive of artists is really a rare find. Our guest today is one of those people. I'm super excited for you guys to meet her. So let's dive in. Welcome to the License Your Music podcast, where I'm here to give you all the tools you need to license your music to film, TV, ads, trailers, video games, and more so that you can earn passive income doing something that you love and make good money doing something that you love. I'm your host, Jody Friedman. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, If you haven't been by my website at licenseyourmusic.com, please come by. We've got a lot of free stuff on there for you. So come on by and grab that free stuff. Right now, it's a guide called Four Simple Steps to Get Your Music on TV. We got all sorts of stuff on there. So make sure you come by and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and everything at License Your Music. So excited for today. So let's just dive right in. Hailing from the Chicagoland area and currently based between Los Angeles and Bend, Oregon, Rachel Komar has two decades of experience in film, music, and the intersection between. She runs a music licensing company called Hyperextension, representing high-quality artists from all over the world with a huge focus on artist discovery and development. She is truly an artist advocate, and we're so lucky to have her with us today. Rachel, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to see you again. I haven't seen many people in quite a while. <laughs> I know, I know. It's been a, it's been a crazy 18 months. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're in Oregon now, right? You went from L.A. or you're back and forth still between L.A. and Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Um, just during the pandemic, um, my husband and I just decided to scoot up here and hide out and we're really loving it. And I don't know, you know, if we're going to come back permanently, I'll, I'll definitely need to go back quite a bit because, you know, the sync world is mostly in L.A. But, um, but, you know, it's a it's a quick travel. It's it's no big deal. You take your meetings, come for a few days, take some meetings and go back. That That's that's what I do. Yeah. You know, from, from OC. Right, right. And, and, and so much is going to be virtual now. I think our world has changed a bit in that sense. Um, it's just going to be a lot easier to get people on a Zoom or a call. And, um, you know, they, they're just so used to doing that from this past year. And, um, you know, things are more efficient that way, too. You don't have to sit in traffic for, you know, an hour driving to Santa Monica, an hour back. And yeah, it, it, it'll be nice. I'm, I'm excited to take more virtual zooms. We just did our first, um, sorry, not virtual zooms, zooms. Uh, but we just did our first virtual showcase, uh, last month. And it was just, it was so great. I wish, wish they could all be virtual. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that. How did, how did you do that? Did you set up a studio? Did you rent out a studio? How did you record everybody virtually? Yeah. Um, so it was my artist Meryl and, um, you know, just him and his guitar and a mic. And, you know, luckily he, he, he has a sound guy that he works with and they made sure he sounded great. So it wasn't just, you know, him on his couch and us crossing our fingers that it was going to sound good. We definitely made sure it was going to sound okay, but you know, you never know with this technology and the Wi-Fi connections, you never know. But, um, you know, it was a quick half hour. We had about 60 people in the, in the virtual room. Um, and everybody loved it. And, uh, yeah, just efficient. You know, they could go right back to their emails or they could sit in their pajamas and have their camera off. It was great. That's awesome. Well, so when we're on the subject of, and we were talking about like taking meetings in person and a lot of artists, they, you know, a lot of artists are like producers and they just want to sit in their producer cave and produce. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I do t- preach about how it's really important 
to get out and network. Can we speak to that a little bit for artists that are trying to get yeah. licensed, trying to get into licensing? Yeah, I mean, I definitely speak from a place of privilege in, in many ways. Uh, one is that I've had so many years of the meetings and the lunches and the networking events, and I don't regret any of it. I mean, you kind of need to do that when you're getting your feet wet. You have to take meetings. Um, but, you know, like we said, hopefully a lot more of those can be virtual, but yeah. I definitely think it's important. It's all about who you know, whether that's just other artists where you can swap secrets, you know, share connections, share stories, do co-writes, collabs, or whether that's, you know, the music supervisors or the sync agents that you need to meet. Um, because ultimately, I personally think it's best to have a sync agent, although I am a little biased. We can discuss sure. that, that later. But um, yeah. in the end, I think it's also great if the artists make some of their own connections as well, um, yeah. just so they have that, yeah, the personal connection with that person. And um, I find it a lot of times when a supervisor's choosing between a handful of people, if a handful of songs work and they know one of them, they know their personality, they've, they've met their kids, they have that personal connection. It's, it's, um, yeah, it just goes further. You stay on top of their mind a lot more. Um, in the same sense, I wouldn't want to make all my meetings virtual moving forward either. I'm going to have to show my face every once in a while, um, just so they don't forget you. Cause there's so many sync agents and there's so many artists. Um, you just got to stay on top of their mind, their inbox and their minds. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's put a pin in that for a moment. And I want to yeah. back up. Um, can you tell us, and I, I know a bit of your story, but why don't you tell our listeners your background and, you know, your journey in music from when you were younger to today? Yeah. I mean, how long do you have, Jody? No, kidding. Oh, hey, <laughs> we've got at least an hour. Let's do it. Let's say, um, so I discovered the drums. I wanted to be a drummer. And then I realized how awkward I was on stage. I didn't like it. I didn't like everyone staring at me. Um, but I loved helping my friends' bands and promoting them. And I never understood, like, you're just as good as what I hear on the radio. Why aren't you on the radio? Just trying to connect those dots. And then, um, you know, promoting local bands to being multiple labels A&R rep in, the, in Chicago, the area I'm from. And... Um, I also on the side had started an extras casting agency with my mother. So we put people in the background of movies and TV shows. And I loved being on set. Um, I loved meeting the directors and producers. Um, didn't love working with actors as much. Yeah. So I was like, how, okay. I love musicians. I love discovering new music, finding new music, sharing it. And then I love film and television and behind the scenes there. So how do I combine the two? And back then, I don't know how long ago this was just over a decade ago, music supervision wasn't as hot. It wasn't as known. Um, and so everybody told me though, you have to move to LA, you know, that's what you have to do. No, I don't want to move to LA, but I ended up moving to LA. Yeah. Um, and I don't regret it. Uh, it was great. I, I uh, worked at a licensing company. I did some supervision consulting on the side. Um, yeah. And just eventually started my own licensing company so that I could uh, work with artists that I truly believe in because pitching sync is essentially a sales job. And I never saw myself getting into sales, but technically it is sales. And so, you, you know, you're, I, I'm not a, that good of a salesperson. So I need to be in love 
with what I'm working with. So when you work for yourself, you're able to sign whoever you want. Um, and then another great aspect of that is that you're able to do the deals that you, you find moral and fair. And so I've just kind of been rocking my own little company for quite a few years now. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. And you're, you're, you're killing it. It's awesome to see. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, let's talk about the best music decision you ever made. Can you think of an, a time or an instance where you think back and like, wow, that was a really solid music choice, whether it was an artist you signed or something you were supervising that you licensed, whatever it might be. Um, this might be a boring answer, but I think starting my own company yeah. was the best decision I made. Um, just because, like I said, it allowed me to be able to sign who I want, work with artists that I want. And therefore it never feels like I'm working because I'm just having fun with my friends and bands that I like all day long. So that was the best decision um, just versus working for someone else or working with someone else who maybe they're not in line with your same values, or maybe they're just not helping you in the direction that you want to go. And so maybe you can waste some time and energy working with or for other people that just aren't going to get you to that, that ultimate goal. Um, So I think once I decided to just do my own thing, everything kind of just became more clear and easy and more fun. So I guess that was my that's the a best great decision answer. I ever made. <laughs> and, and you recently did a deal with Warner Chapel. Is that correct? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, so for all these years, we've been a sync only licensing company. Um, so we mostly represent artists that own their recordings and own their compositions. Um, and then eventually they leave us for labels and publishers because <laughs> right. we're not a label, nor are we a publisher, which is fine and great. And I love to see my babies grow. Um, but it would be nice to stay on board for the longevity of some of their careers. So, um, you know, during the pandemic, things were a little slow and I got to really brainstorm and think on some business development. Where do I want to, where do I want to be in five years? And I thought, well, you know, there's a select few artists that we do a lot of work with and they, they want me to be involved in a greater capacity. And I just thought it would be nice to be able to now offer them when one of my artists, writers gets to a certain point, then I can offer them a more souped up deal um, with Warner Chapel as our global partner. So right now I've pretty much just had a good grasp on the U.S. I mean, dabbling in other territories, but having a major on board allows me to have a, have creative um, creative teams all over the globe, um, which is really nice, which is really nice. So they're partnered with you for sync only or are they how does that work if so artists you um, sign? So it's pub admin. So um, I assign writers to hyperextension and then they admin for me. Um, so they register everything. They help collect those pennies and yeah. then uh, hopefully more than pennies. Uh, and then they also thankfully help pitch. Uh, they help with creative as well, which is nice because it's just been me and, you know, coordinator or intern here and there, but just, it's always been very independent. So it's nice to be able to tap into this like global network. 100%. And I think, uh, I mean, in, in my experience of pitching and similar to you, it's uh, you get burnt out on it after so much time. So having a partner, at least for me, I got pretty burnt out on actively pitching and now I'm more reactive. So having a partner yeah. to share that with has been, has been really, really great. It allows me to focus more on the 
the um, creative yeah. and on the artists and what I enjoy doing most. And I, exactly. I think, uh, yeah. They can help so. me with some more of the left brain stuff as well. The registration, the collecting, the following up on payments, the licenses where I can just really focus on the creative and, and, yeah. and signing new artists. Beautiful. Love it. How about the worst music moment? Let's do the opposite. So was there a low point? Was there ever a time you wanted to just throw in the towel? Take us to that moment in time of when that might have been. And uh, if you have one. Uh, I have a million (laughs) and I'd say they happen almost once a week. Um, I'd say, you know, I have tons of stories I can share with you over drinks sometime, but just overall it's, it always comes down to, to people, you know, their egos, their insecurities, um, their shadiness. It's, it's always other people. Um, and just, yeah, I I got into the music industry to help artists. That's all I've ever wanted to do since I was 15. I just want to help artists. And the longer you stay in the industry and the, the more you get into it and the more people you meet, you realize not everyone got into it for those same reasons. And you see people that maybe aren't so nice to artists or nice to other people getting ahead, becoming very successful. And you're just like, wait a minute, are morals not valued here? And, you know, I, I'm not sure that they are highly valued in the entertainment industry, but definitely when these instances occur, it just reminds me of that. And I start to feel icky and I'm like, what am I even doing this for? And I want to throw it in. But then I'm reminded of why I am doing this, which is to stand up for my artists and help fight for my babies. Sorry, I always call them my babies, but they're my babies. Um, You know, so that's what keeps me in. But it definitely gets disheartening um, when there's, you know, some crappy people getting ahead. It's, It's hard. And I think probably in any business, it's hard not to compare yourself and your business to other people, even as artists you're constantly comparing yourself to other artists. Like, how come I don't sound like that? Why can't I, you know, there's, there's that, that self doubt that kicks in and it's a real hard thing to, to overcome in our business when you see that happening. But um, it's, it's so important to just remember to be, be true to what you really believe in, be passionate about what you do and remember that and try not to. And I I tell my artists this quite a bit, try not to compare yourself to other people because they're going to do them yeah. You do you, and if you work from the heart, it can't. You can't go wrong. And, right. Uh, I believe right. that wholeheartedly. I think it uh, just. Yeah. I think if it happens, it just takes a little longer. Yeah. So you just have to hang in there. Yeah. You know. Well, let's uh, let's touch on that. How has the music industry changed for better or worse in your world? Um, in my world, in the sync world. Um, well, I just think over the past, I don't know. I always say past few years, probably past decade or more now, but it's just become so easy for artists to make such quality, high quality music in their, in their bedroom, um, which is awesome. So that's a positive change. But on the flip side of that, the competition has become a lot higher. You know, there's just so much great music out there and there's a lot more sync agents out there. Um, so the, the competition is so high. And then also um, production costs are getting lower and lower and therefore sync fees are getting lower and lower. And so, um, you know, I just kind of tell artists, look at sync like you're playing the lottery, like just (laughs) when it comes in great, but um, you know, you should definitely have some other things 
going on besides just relying on sync. Although it can be highly lucrative, um, you know, I always suggest to my artists to always have other stuff going on because it's just, it's, it's pretty hard these days. And then when you do land something, the fee might not be as great as it was five years ago. Definitely not as well, as well as it was 10 years ago. Um, so I think that's the main difference is more competition, more great music, which is awesome. Uh, but then lower fees, lower sync fees. And always have a backup plan, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I hear you're not supposed to, cause then you're not going to like reach your goal, but mm. Maybe, maybe you should. Maybe yeah, you should. I, I think you should. Now it can be in the arts. It could still be related to right. music, but uh, mm. something else, you know, diversify mm. what you're investing your time in a little bit, especially with, with licensing and sync and like right. with actors, it would be the same thing. It's yeah. you know, sync to sync, job to job. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. What was the one thing that you could not live without musically if you had to pick an artist or a band? Is there somebody that you're just like, oh my gosh, they're, they're my, my everything. One, uh, one artist I couldn't yeah. live without musically. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my, you know, my desert Island answer is always Sigur Ross. Um, just so nice. beautiful and cinematic. I think they're, they were my gateway to film music, you know, just where you don't even really know what they're saying. And it's just more about a feeling. Um, I like that because then you can make what you want of it um, and you can kind of just listen to it anytime and it puts you in a good mood. Um, but yeah, like I say, they were my gateway. So I like a lot of uh, Scandinavian music in general. Um, yeah. And for anyone listening, Sigur Ross is spelled S-I-G-U-R-R-O-S. Yeah, R-O-S. I, I don't believe I'm pronouncing it correct. Si, oh, that's si, how I, si, oh, I see. Yes. There's <laughs> got to be an like accent that. there. And he, he's uh, Icelandic. Yes. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. If there was one piece of advice you could tell artists that are listening, what would it be? If there was just one piece of advice, um, I would I say yeah. hang on to your, um, the ownership of your recordings and your compositions as long as you can. Um, yeah. Highly recommend that. And then also um, to just make sure you're working with people that genuinely care about you. Don't get, don't get um, enticed by the big names or the big advances. Um, Cause in the end, all that's going to matter is if they actually care about you. And then as far as sync goes, I would say never sign with anybody that makes you pay up front. Um, it should be a commission based uh, business. Yes. And, uh, lastly, if any artists are listening that want to get their music to you, do you have a process for that? Um, what, what would you suggest? Yeah. Um, you can just email our submissions, which is, uh, info at hyperextension.net. And I will listen. I listen to all submissions. It takes me a little bit, but I get through them all. So just be patient with me. <laughs> Rachel, thanks so much for taking out the time to be yeah, with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard and you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate the show, comment below, leave us a review. And if you're watching with me here on YouTube, subscribe and leave your comments below. Let us know what you thought of the show. I'm Jody Friedman, your host from License Your Music. Please come by our website at licenseyourmusic.com and pick up your free guide. Currently, it's four simple steps to get your music on TV so you can start getting licensed 
Everything I create at License Your Music is meant to serve you and guide you to teach you how to license your music the way I have and to find success licensing music, making good money, doing something that you love, and not settling for something where you're unhappy or unfulfilled. I'm your host, Jody Friedman. Thank you so much for watching. Stay cool. Peace. Peace.